Mr. Fraley. Here, thank you, Lenny. I'm the uh, first item on our agenda for today. First item today is a request by Alex Youngblood for a change of zoning from R8 single family district to R9 single family district at 1512 Norcova Avenue. And there is no opposition to this application. All right. The motion before you is to recommend that the change of zoning be approved. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Alchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Fraley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck. All right. Next item is CCMAC LLC. For the following applications at 843 44th Street, A is a change of zoning from I-2 Light Industrial Zoning District to C-2 Corridor Commercial, and B is a special exception for mixed uses. Thank you, uh, Lenny. Uh, the chair will acknowledge uh, the applicant and the applicant's representative here to answer questions, Robin Thomas uh, and Henry Peddle. Thank you. There is no opposition, Lenny. All right, the motion is to recommend that the change of zoning and the special exception be approved. Subject conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Halchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Good luck with that. We'll make that recommendation to council. All right. Item number three, Coleman's Place Tattoo for a special exception operated tattoo parlor at 931 West 21st Street, Suite A. Thank you, Lenny. Matt? Good afternoon. <clears throat> so this is a request for a special exception to operate a tattoo parlor slash tattoo school uh, at the property at 931 West 21st Street. So you see um, the uh, site on your PowerPoint, that's actually located in the same building as the tap room, um, or the tap house uh, grill, which is an entertainment establishment. And then there are some apartments above and the site's located uh, along the 21st Street Pedestrian Commercial um, Overlay District, the Ghent Business District, and um, the request is to operate a tattoo parlor. And here's a, the zoning map right there. It's located just at the end of the, um, the Ghent Business District. And I've got another map in just a little bit that I'll show you. Um, here's a little site plan showing some um, landscape improvements towards the, the corner along West 21st Street. They're going to work with our recreation parks and open space to fill in a, a bare spot. And then um, put together this little map right here just to show you some context. So uh, several months ago, the Planning Commission and the City Council visited the um, issue of tattoo parlors and how they come forward for a special exception. And uh, we used to have a certain locational criteria within the zoning ordinance that required um, separation, um, required a thousand foot separation from any other tattoo parlor and a hundred foot separation from any residential zoning district. Um, however, the use still required a special exception and the, um, the uh, suggestion was made to reduce those requirements. However, keep in place the special exception and we can look at each application on a case by case basis and look at the merits surrounding that application. Um, so just to show you the context, uh, the map I've put on the screen on the uh, left um, shows separation from residential and um, there are, you see the 75 foot um, dimension, that is a distance from the buildings uh, separating a, um, it's a townhouse style condo unit, three condo units to that building to the south. And then the 100 feet away is the nearest um, single family residential. 
uh, to, the, to the southwest. Um, and then the other map to the right shows the separation from the nearest uh, tattoo parlor, and that's about 300 feet away from Independence Tattoo, which uh, came before you guys a couple months ago, um, located where West 21st Street starts to bend towards uh, Hampton Boulevard. Um, so also what you can see from this picture, the, uh, the way that the building, the tap house, is, is angled, uh, you actually don't have any direct visibility to the, that townhouse um, unit. For one, the townhouse unit is separated from Woodrow by a commercial space that, uh, that blocks its direct visibility towards any portion of the tap house building. Um, but also that actual side of the building faces um, away from the townhouse units. So the, from the front of the building, you don't actually have any visibility to residential within uh, 100 feet. Um, however, it technically does have, it technically is within 100 feet of residential. So uh, this application would not have been able to come forward to you guys um, back when we had that rule in place. So I'll just go over a little bit of the, uh, the operations. The proposal is to operate from noon to 9 p.m., um, six days a week, uh, Monday through Saturday, and then from noon to 6 p.m. on Sunday. Staff does recommend approval of the uh, request, and we do have a letter of support uh, in your packet from the Ghent Business Association. It's in the back of your packet, and we also have a letter of opposition from the Ghent Neighborhood League, and that's also in your packet. And for the record, what is the uh, uh, recommendation against from the Ghent Neighborhood League uh, while they are attesting to uh, not support this? Um, just go over a few of the things in the letter. Uh, they do mention the 100 feet away from residents as being uh, an issue, and they talk about some um, uh, some concern from some of the neighbors on Woodrow Avenue, and uh, also the distance 300 feet away from Independence Tattoo. Mm -hmm. So, this, a lot of the locational issues. Mm -hmm. Matt, again for the record, uh, this applicant has been before the Ghent Neighborhood League. Uh, from what I've been told, yes, the applicant um, went forward back when the original request was being made to change these proximity requirements within the zoning text. The um, requester of that zoning text amendment is the same individual as the requester of this special exception. And um, from, from my understanding that that was a, a presentation that was made to the Ghent Neighborhood League at that time. Um, and I believe that the applicant is here as well, signed in, so that you may just want to ask him. Good deal. Mm -hmm. uh, any questions? Of, you finished, Matt? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Any questions of Matt, commissioners? Thanks, right. Matt. Stand by. Uh, here uh, in favor of this application, Mr. David Vogel. Vogelai. Vogelai. Excuse me, sir. How's it going? Uh, yes, I... Um, I started this process almost a year ago um, with the Mr. intent. Bogle, excuse me. Can you yes. identify your your by name and address yes, for the record, please? Uh, my name is David Vogelai, and I'm with Coleman's Place. Um, uh, when I initially started the process, uh, it was Mr. Vogelai, about, uh, a hard mailing address, if you don't mind. Excuse me. A hard uh, mailing, mailing address. address. Oh, the, the uh, would you like my mailing address is uh, 4813 Peach Creek Lane. In Virginia Beach, Virginia, two three four five five. Thank you, sir. Go right ahead. Um, yes, when I initially started the uh, the application process, um, 
um, I measure all the distances and um, with my measurements, it was within the parameters, but um, apparently it fell two feet short. So I was advised um, to maybe come in and help change, you know, make an amendment to this actual 100 foot rule. Um, so I went through all the processes and um, they actually eliminated the 100 foot rule. So there's no longer the 100 foot rule you know, that needs to be a certain distance from, you know, a certain uh, amount of residents. Um, also, um, I was uh, notified that there's also no more rules with being close to another tattoo parlor. Um, another thing I'd like to point out is um, I started this process before independence was there. I don't know if that matters or not, um, but... Um, but yeah, I mean that's really all I wanted to say. Um, I mean I'm not I'm not sure what else I could say. Um, that yeah, I would just like to have this place um, approved, hopefully, by you guys. That's that's yeah. it. I think there's much more you need to say. There's nobody here uh, in opposition uh, to this today, and you know I can just tell you from my standpoint, you we've gone through, we've put a lot of effort into really Thank evaluating you. this issue several months back to, you know, we've looked at the tattoo parlors that are in our community and they have had no, uh, no police reports. There's no entertainment or anything involved. There's not noise to, to bother neighbors. So when you think about, you know, the other entertainment establishments along that corridor, there's, there's plenty of those. Mm -hmm. um, and so for, at least from my standpoint, I, I believe that these tattoo parlors are, like I've said before, are, are more of galleries of sorts. Um, they're, they're not causing problems in the community. I don't see where these restrictions really applied and, and city council has agreed. So uh, you know, I don't see any issues uh, from you. my standpoint at this point. Uh, just, I'm sure you'll continue to be a good neighbor in that community. Thank and, you very much. Uh, an and uh, another thing I wanted to point out, I don't just plan on having a tattoo studio. I also, um, I own a lot of memorabilia that are, it's actually local, um, a lot of tattoo memorabilia from the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, I plan on doing a small museum to kind of educate the public a little bit about the history of tattooing in this town, which goes pretty far back. Okay, just make so. sure that what, what you're doing there fits fits in with the uses of, of your special exception. Of course. I believe it should. I, I would add to what Dr. Newman is saying that uh, one of the civic leagues active over in that community has come out against you. Mm -hmm. uh, I, needless to say, that adds a level of scrutiny to your operation. So. Um, I, I, we are making a recommendation to council, of course, I'm assuming that recommendation is a positive one and council uh, concurs with that. You need to be sensitive to the folks in the Getting Neighborhood League. Of course. Uh, that they're going to be scrutinizing your activities. I think your hours are appropriate from me, from my perspective at least. Uh, and as Dr. Dan, uh, Dr. Newman has indicated, I think uh, there is sufficient enough evidence for us to uh, allow for the opportunity for you to proceed with this from my perspective. But understand there is a cadre in that community mm -hmm. that uh, is not in favor of your presence. So if you're fortunate enough to uh, get a favorable recommendation from the city council, you need to be sensitive to that and yes, the total presence of your operation in that community. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm extremely uh, crystal clear on whatever anybody you know wants to come in and see what I'm doing. Uh, it's not a problem whatsoever. Okay. Okay. Any uh, questions? I'm sorry, go ahead, no, Dr. No. Uh, 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 observation, which I would like to have reconfirmed, 
is that the way that the building is cited, is cited and your establishment is cited, there really isn't any interaction with the community around it. I mean, I think going forward in light of what Dr. Newman has to say and, and uh, Chair Fraley has to say, uh, that needs to be front and center, that that is the reality of the situation, so that those who disagree uh, have to deal with that fact. Okay. Thank you, sir. Any other questions, comments, commissioners? Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Any comment, commissioners? Lady. Motions recommend the special exception be approved subject to conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Halchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Good luck. We'll make that recommendation Thank you very to much. council. Thank you. Next application is USAA ATM for a commercial drive through located at 1819 East Little Creek Road. Thanks, Lenny. Uh, we chair wants to acknowledge two folks here in favor of this application, Jesus Ramirez, as well as Randy Roy. Where'd Randy go? He's out in the back. Okay. There is no opposition, Lenny. All right. Uh, the motions recommend the special exception be approved subject to conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Halchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Dr. Newman? Aye. And Mr. Fraley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck. All right. So we denied the, the ATM, right? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it. The next item, Simon premium outlets to amend a previously granted special exception for alternative signage at 1600 premium outlet boulevard. Uh, thank you, Lenny. There is no opposition. We do want to acknowledge Randy. Randy Rowland is here to answer any questions, uh, but there is no opposition. Yeah. Randy, you want to come up? Okay. The motion is to recommend the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Halchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Dr. Newman? Aye. And Mr. Fraley? Aye. We make that recommendation to council. Good luck, Randy. All right. Next application is Leone's to amend a previously granted special exception to operate an eating and drinking establishment at 449 through 455 Granby Street and 105 through 119 West Charlotte Street. Uh, thanks, Lenny. The chair acknowledges that there is no opposition to this application. Do want to acknowledge you to answer questions, uh, Robin Thomas, as well as Stir Sigbert. No opposition. The uh, motion is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Alchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Dr. Newman? Aye. And Mr. Fraley? Aye. Good luck with that. Looking forward right. to another fine restaurant here in our downtown. Item number seven is Mini Super Latino for the following special exceptions at 3320 North Military Highway. A is an eating and drinking establishment, and B is the sale of alcoholic beverages for off-premises consumption. And Lenny, I do want to confirm there's no entertainment in, that, in this That's application. That's correct. That is correct. Uh, chair acknowledges that there is no opposition. We do want to acknowledge for the record a Ms. Powell 
Say your first name for me, Miss Powell. Alejandra. I would have never gotten that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the podium is yours if you'd like to share anything with us at all, but there is no opposition to your application. No, sir. Thank you. The uh, motions to recommend that the special exceptions be approved subject to conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Hales. Aye. Ms. Austin. Yes. Mr. Houchins. Aye. Mr. Murphy. Aye. Dr. Newman. Aye. And Mr. Fraley. Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Item number eight, FM restaurant for a special exception operating entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages at 320 Granby Street. Thank you, Lynn. The chair acknowledges no, uh, no opposition to this application, but we do acknowledge Mr. Alan Parker is here to answer any questions. With that, right. the, uh, Lenny, no opposition. The motion is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Halchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Uh, good luck with that, and we'll make that recommendation to council. Thank you. Uh, number nine, commune Norfolk for a special exception to operate an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages at 759 Granby Street. Thanks, Lenny. No opposition to this application here to ask the question of uh, Robin Thomas and Brother Rudder. No opposition, Lenny. The uh, motions recommend the special <clears throat> exception be approved subject to conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Hales? Yeah, it seems like we're full of a lot of yeses today. Yes. <laughs> Brother Rudder, I mean, it's just awful tempting just to say that. Aye, <laughs> no. I'm looking forward to it. Aye. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Dr. Newman? Yeah, look forward to it. Thanks. Aye. Mr. Fraley? Looking forward to it, brother. Aye. Thank you. Okay. Before you next are the initiation for zoning text amendments. A is to reduce the minimum lot area requirements for special exception. Application for automobile repair facilities from 20,000 square feet to 10,000 square feet. Any comments? Uh, Susan, you want Please, go ahead. You're eating into my time, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> I said 315, so I'm going to be wasting a lot of time. I said 255. You got that three minutes. <laughs> Okay, um, under the current regulations uh, for uh, car repair, um, they are allowed in uh, certain districts. In the C2, C3, I1, and I2, um, uh, by special exception, and in the C4 and BC2, um, which is the business park districts, uh, by right. So they can go today and operate as car repair. Um, in 2014, we were getting a lot of requests, and there was a lot of concerns probably more with the old establishments that were on sites that were too small. And council said, you know what, we've got enough car repair facilities, we don't want any more. And working with you uh, and us, we said, that's probably not the solution. We're going to hold on to the old grandfather ones forever if we do that. Let's do this. Let's come up with criteria um, and development standards that would make a car repair facility work. Um, so out of that came the following criteria. Uh, no storage of rector and operative vehicles on the site. You have to have a minimum of 20,000 square feet. And that's, again, to give people the room to not have to store the cars in the street, to be able to get some improvements. 
uh, and to have parking for customers on the site as well as the cars that have to be stored on the site. Um, no outdoor storage or repair of work. No cars awaiting repair to be parked uh, in the right-of-way. And then hours uh, between 7 o'clock a.m. to 10 o'clock p.m. when abutting residential. Um, so I wanted to go over um, some sites. And we try to pick sites uh, throughout the city and of varying sizes just to, to give you an idea of what, what it would look like. So uh, this is a site that is on East Little Creek Road. It's 10,000, so it's uh, half the size that we would require. Um, it looks like there's four bays there. Um, and you can see there's quite a few cars on the site. Um, this is one on Tywer Drive. Um, now, the property line for this business is the, the building. Um, so the sides of the building are the property lines. You can see there's cars all over the site, that part of the site uh, to the right, which he doesn't own. Clearly not enough room on this site at 4,000 square feet to do car repair. Um, another one slightly larger. Um, and again, um, car repair, uh, under a zoning determination, car repair also includes uh, the uh, installation of tires um, and as you know, with many of these tire places, not only do you have the cars that are in there to get uh, the tires installed, but you've got a lot of storage of tires. And usually that means a lot of accessory structures uh, in conjunction with the actual uh, structure where they're doing um, the installation of the tires. Uh, another site here, uh, again, a little larger than the 10,000, 11,000 square feet. Uh, again, not, not a tree on the site. Um, most of the site being taken up uh, with cars and other car-related uh, equipment. Getting bigger, 13,000 square feet on Westcliff. Uh, again, still pretty crowded, but getting better. Um, maybe a little bit room for some landscaping, um, but quite a large building. There may be some cars inside the building as well. Big site, 19,000 square feet. And actually, this site does go back pretty far. Um, but, but getting there. Um, cars parked fairly orally, probably room for customers and storage of cars to be repaired. Um, and again, close, 18,000 square feet. Um, could use some landscaping up front if we got this before us through a special exception, but there would be potentially room for that. Uh, again, this is a site that does go uh, back quite far. Um, very large site, 25,000 square feet. Again, now this one is not one that has a special exception, um, but you could see would probably most likely um, fit the criteria uh, and we could work with them to get the improvements uh, and would probably make uh, a good special exception request. Um, now we're getting to ones that we have approved through the special exception process. Um, this was on Virginia Beach Boulevard. Their repairs to the rear, that is their office. Um, they do have parking for employees out front. It's a nice site. Um, I think you recall this. Bud's used tires. He was across the street. He moved to this location. Um, probably not in operation yet, but you can still see that there will be plenty of room for customers up front and then uh, for the repairs to be hidden in the back. Um, another one where they've got uh, parking for customers up front and then the repair would all take place. Uh, there's the wall on the right side of the photo. That's where they took place to the rear. So again, it's a huge site though, but did get a special exception. Um, tire City, we did a special exception for this. Again, this is uh, tire installation, tire sales. We consider that car repair. Um, they do have uh, 
The storage of tires, you can see the two structures on the side, but again, still enough room to have, uh, and we did make them do improvements on the military uh, highway side, um, still sufficient room for parking and for storage of uh, cars that are being uh, repaired or uh, tires installed on. We try to put together a map that uh, would show potential sites that would open up uh, for car repair if we did go down to the 10,000 square feet. Um, so as you can see, it opens up uh, quite a bit more properties um, if we did uh, allow the car repair on uh, lots that were 10,000 square feet. And I think that's all I have. Um, so again, the, um, the request is to allow uh, a modification to allow car repair on uh, sites that are half the size of what we allow now on 10,000 square feet. Um, again, just a reminder, special exception for automobile repair is something that goes with the property, not with the operator. So once it's approved, um, it is what it is. It's a car repair site. So uh, this is up for you to consider uh, to initiate uh, the amendment. We would do it by special exception as it is now. It would just be uh, for smaller lots. So uh, up to you to consider this uh, as, a, as a text amendment initiation. Thank you, Susan. Any questions of Susan, commissioners? Uh, George, did you want to add anything to this? Uh, Mr. Chairman, I just wanted to make clear for the record that um, staff opposes um, this um, particular amendment request. Um, obviously, y'all can do with it um, as you see fit, but, but staff would ask that you consider not initiating it. You want to tell us why? Uh, well, I think... Susan did a great job of telling us why, um, but it really goes back to 2014 when we did a fairly in-depth analysis to try to um, figure out how um, auto repair sites um, in, in Norfolk um, could be accommodated in a way that um, contributed positively to um, the, the city. and. Um, that list that was right there at the very beginning um, is, includes a, a number of things, one of which is, is the, the site size. Um, and that was done with an awful lot of analysis um, at the time. And to our knowledge, there's nothing that has changed that other than there are some individuals who have sites less than 20,000 who would prefer to be allowed to do um, auto repair. Um, we just don't feel that that's, that's appropriate. Thank you, George. Any questions or comment, Commissioners? Um, I would concur that uh, Ms. Pollard has done a very good job of showing why less than 20,000 feet does not work uh, adequately for this uh, size, uh, for this kind of business. And another thing uh, I think that we're finding out over time with uh, the, the uh, asking of landscaping and looking around the city and the results of it, that it goes a long way to really dressing the city up and that you can pretty much have anything if you are adequately citing it in that way that makes it fit into the city and that we're going to have a much uh, more amenable city, the way it looks and the way it feels if we continue to do this. So I would per I'm personally not in favor of changing. Uh, changing this and making an exception for this for this uh, business, which I think it's, it requires the space that has been put forth. Thank you, Dr. Austin. And we have any other comment at this point, commissioners? Questions? Hearing none, the chair will entertain a motion 
whether we would want to initiate a text amendment on this item or not. Going once. Going twice. Hearing none, this motion dies. Next item on our agenda. Next item is to uh, consider a text amendment to expand the maximum permitted height of fences within rear yards of residentially zoned properties from six feet to eight feet. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, we did receive a staff did receive a request to amend the zoning ordinance to allow for in rear yards the uh, allowance in single family residential zoning districts to allow for an eight foot tall fence. Uh, just for background purposes, um, the current regulations, uh, single family zoning districts allow for solid fences and walls up to six feet in height uh, when they're within yards, so within the setback that aren't adjacent to streets. So essentially the side and rear yards for interior lots. Multifamily districts uh, allow solid fences and walls up to eight feet in height for the multifamily uses uh, and the non-residential uses as well. Um, it is to allow for buffering um, as part of our landscape and buffering requirements. The taller fence as well as landscape buffers are required for new construction. Uh, it is to uh, help mitigate some of the impacts of the multifamily site. Um, single family districts that abut non-residential districts can also install fences and solid walls up to eight feet in height. Again, so if there is an existing business uh, that is operating that did not have to comply with those buffering and protection requirements, the residence is allowed to put up a fence that, that their adjoining neighbor could install in order to protect their residential property from those externalities of that use. Again, mostly dealing when it abuts against multifamily and non-residential uses, which uh, would have a significant impact on typical residential character. Um, but again, typically around the city, a, a solid fence or wall is permitted within the side and rear, the side and rear setbacks uh, that are not adjacent to streets uh, up to six feet in height now. And that's been on the books for a very long time. To kind of go over some other, uh, what other localities do, um, from the research we've seen, uh, most of them are around six foot in height. Um, Portsmouth does allow eight foot fence in the side and rear yard, um, but not adjacent to the street. Uh, Newport News, six foot height. Richmond, six and a half. I don't, I'm not sure where the half foot comes from, but um, six and a half. Uh, other locations, uh, again, uh, a lot of them have larger setbacks. And when you look at places like Arlington County and things like that, they say you can go to seven foot high, but you're 25 foot setback. So it's a, it's a lot larger lots, um, which may be more appropriate um, for that type of fence. And a typical lot in the city is 50 foot wide. Um, you know, from a scale perspective, I'm not sure if there's a, a, a need to go any higher than, than six feet in height uh, at that, um, than what we currently have now. So. Um, again, before you is a request to alter the, the fence regulations to allow for a fence up to or for uh, us to consider and review the requirements and allowances to allow for an eight-foot tall fence. Uh, the request was specifically only for rear yards, um, but uh, that is what was uh, provided to us to bring to you. Uh, a curiosity struck me, Bobby. Six and a half feet in Richmond. you know any rationale behind that? I'm not sure to be honest with you um didn't actually again we we did a scan of the code so um we, we haven't talked to anybody on why six and a okay. half feet assumption could be to allow for space under the fence mm -hmm. um just for some wiggle room um but again it's not 
it's not to allow for a much taller fence. It may be to allow for variations in, in height and architectural features. And from your presentation, I, I thought I understood that most of the cities here in the south side, in fact, most of Hampton Roads, uh, with six-foot fences. That's correct, except is, for Portsmouth. Is it also accurate to say that that six-foot, the pattern seems to be to provide for a certain amount of transparency when it's facing the street? Uh, those are for fences. Those, those are for fences that are along the street. So um, uh -huh. the, the, this request is for interior lots and for rear yards that are not adjacent to a street. Um, that would be a more emphatic no, to be honest with you, if it was adjacent to a street. Um, but again, as as Mr. Fairley pointed out, the adjoining cities uh, in this area, except for Portsmouth, are at six foot in height. Thank you, Bob. I'm sorry, Mr. Houchins. Uh, Bob, is is the request for consideration and review or or for approval? This, this right now is just for, for initiation for, for planning commission. So if uh, you vote to initiate, then we will do additional research to see whether it's appropriate or not and bring it forward to you. Okay. Any other question or comment of Mr. Tahan, commissioners? Um, can't that further research be done as part of the uh, zoning rewrite work that's going on? Uh, I, I believe that uh, if, if that is something that wants to be brought up, there is some long-term... Long uh, um, reviews we need to do that may be appropriate to have taller fences in other areas um, than instead of blanketly saying that we can just do eight foot in residential. But yes, it would be more appropriate to be with the uh, zoning ordinance rewrite if you'd like us to review it. Thank you, Bobby. Any other questions right now, commissioners? <coughs> Thank you, Bobby. <coughs> commissioners, uh, any question or comment? I, I guess my, my question, um, you know, Bobby mentioned that he felt it would be more appropriate that this be addressed uh, in the in the city ordinance rewrite um, as opposed to this as a separate issue for consideration and I was just you know curious what what's your reasoning behind that there there is additional long uh, research that needs to be done in order to possibly determine if certain parts of the city uh, would be appropriate to have a taller fence. Um, again, when we're looking at these regulations that are done by character district or other things like that, um, it does take a reasonable amount of analysis then just to bring it back immediately. Um, so it's it's not something there, because of how uh, that how close that time frame is coming for us to adopt the new ordinance. Uh, for us to roll it into that review would be more appropriate, so we can kind of fit it in instead of doing it outside of our of our other efforts. We, we haven't, I'm, I'm not aware that we've pinpointed a, a time frame as, as far as um, approval of the, the, uh, the ordinance rewrite and, or, or, or that, that there's any specific time frame on, on a review on, on a request such as this. Um, Mr. Houchins, we are targeting October 17th um, as the date for the joint public hearing um, on the new zoning ordinance with City Council and the um, City Planning Commission. So that is coming in less than six months. Okay. So, so George, in your opinion, then that, then that time frame would allow uh, ample time to research um, an issue uh, such as this, and also include it in the in the ordinance we write as a review. Uh, yes, sir. Um, and and you know the other thing that, that perhaps Bobby might have mentioned is that it gives us the opportunity to do a more comprehensive um, look. We have fencing requirements that 
um, attached to various fencing and screening requirements that are attached to various land uses. Um, and it would be, it, it would certainly be worthwhile to spend some time making sure that all of those things are uh, working together um, hand in hand. Um, and I also mentioned, I think as, as Bobby did, that it may be that certain character districts um, would have fences and, and fencing that would be done in a different way or be more appropriate to be done in a different way um, than in other character districts. Um, and, and looking at it in the context of the zoning ordinance, I think would give us a better um, handle on making sure that, that we did it so that it works throughout the city rather than um, looking at, at one issue in, in a more or less ad hoc basis. I, I, um, I certainly agree that there is some merits to studying um, the specific issue that has to deal with the fence. Um, I, I'm personally interested in uh, the, the, uh, the thought behind some localities that have uh, heights taller than six feet and what's their rationale behind that. And so, so if, if there's a better time and place to study and, and review this, then so be it. So if I'm understanding, I stamp, um, asking for guidance here, um, there are three options. We can initiate the text amendment as, there is, as it is. We can enroll this text amendment into a rewrite of the zoning ordinance, or we can do neither. Um, I would say that since the issue has been raised, um, we, we will almost certainly be looking at this as part of the zoning ordinance, regardless of whatever action you all take. Um, so even if you initiate the text amendment, we're going to be searching for comprehensiveness um, through the zoning ordinance process. So we will certainly be looking at it um, both in the standpoint of um, single family to single family, but also in terms of um, the transitional buffers that are, are proposed for the, uh, to be contained in the zoning ordinance um, that, that grow bigger and, and taller depending on the degree of um, difference, shall we say, in intensity between adjacent uses. So that's all part of the ordinance, and we've sort of briefed you on the transitional um, component. Um, so, you know, we're clearly going to be looking at this um, in, in a, as part of that zoning ordinance, um, regardless of what, what action y'all take. So if I'm hearing you, George, uh, initiate the text amendment is really going to be redundant. Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Bobby. Uh, commissioners, what would be your pleasure? Personally, as long as the issue is getting examined and, and this the person or individual who's looking at this issue is going to get some feedback and we're going to have a comprehensive thought going forward. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I agree with the key to that. You know, they should at least have the ability for us to look into it, but I don't want to add additional burden to the staff at this point to do something that we're going to do through another, another means. Um, so as long as there's assurance that we're going to address this and get some feedback to parties that might be interested, I, I'm comfortable in taking that approach. Thank you, Dr. Dan. And I, I would reiterate that dealing with it on a comprehensive basis, which is what will happen in the future, is, is often better strategically than doing it on an ad hoc basis. Thank you, Dr. Austin. Uh, there, 
no other comments. Uh, the motion would be then to incorporate the uh, study of fence height in conjunction with the zoning rewrite. Those in favor, let it be known by saying aye. Is that the uh, item on the table? Um, I think the custom has been to call for a motion okay. to see if um, there is I, one, and then if there's a second, motion, we'll have a vote. <laughs> um, uh, the chair will accept, will entertain a motion with regard to item uh, uh, 2B on our new business agenda. The chair um, will entertain a motion. I move that it is, uh, the, the issue is, um, dealt with by the uh, zoning rewrite committee or as part of the zoning rewrite process we have a motion do we have a second i i just i'd like to second that motion but just for clarity are we when we say dealt with are we we saying a study and review of the existing research yeah okay second it's been properly moved and second um that uh, item to be be incorporated as a comprehensive portion of the zoning rewrite those in favor are you ready for the question mr chair if i yes. could just note for the record and for the public um and and certainly the folks making the motion can correct my understanding if it's wrong but i would regard the motion um, that this be considered as part of the rewrite um, as not requiring a separate item that needs to be docketed and voted upon but that it would um, be subsumed and included um, as part of the uh, agenda item for adoption of the new zoning ordinance. Is that a sufficient approach to uh, managing the tracking of this item? I'm looking at me. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. I, I was trying to get a sense of whether it needed to be a separate item or whether you were comfortable at being attached to the existing zoning ordinance item. Okay. Mr. Houston, you comfortable with that? I'm not. I wasn't quite clear on your. <laughs> definition of managing and tracking but uh, um, lawyer so because <laughs> because your agendas are always itemized by individual item and number um, that if this were tracked as a separate item it would show up for a separate vote and as a separate advertisement as a text amendment from the zoning ordinance but um, if it's the nature of the motion which I think it is yes. um, when it comes time for the joint meeting in October um, there will uh, there will not be a separate item on fences. The motion to adopt the new zoning ordinance will include the consideration of the item you'd like mm -hmm. scheduled as part of that uh, uh, text amendment. Okay. So, so within that process, how, how would we ensure that there is some study, review, and presentation of the results we're, of we're that study? We're going to take care of that as a part of the update, and we will make sure that we do keep you informed of the results of that right so I mean, it will show up a lot the... of words here all we're really going to do is put it in the zoning ordinance update right. right we're going to conduct a study and we're going to present the results to you and that's right. what i was saying the information will be in that agenda item with the zoning ordinance it won't be in its own agenda item. it won't be a separate agenda item right. for offenses yeah. mm -hmm. i mean the operative word is subsume yeah. right within and i understand the motion then to be the obligation on the staff to include uh, explicitly in, in, include a discussion and analysis of this item as part of the zoning ordinance rewrite. Are we comfortable, commissioners? Mm -hmm. Clear. With that, those in favor of the motion is stated. Let it be known by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Mr. Melito, you have anything else for us, sir? No, Mr. Chair. Uh, Mr. 
Homewood. Uh, Mr. Chair, since I mentioned uh, the, the, the the October 17th um, target for um, joint public hearing on the on the zoning ordinance, um, let me also mention that um, beginning on the 31st of May and for three nights, three additional nights in June, um, there will be public meetings across the city um, to um, obtain uh, public comment um, on the the. the the parts of the ordinance, um, most, and this, we're really still going to try to keep it at the conceptual um, level to explain the concepts that are in the ordinance, rather than to force somebody to actually read the, the legal verbiage of the ordinance, which is guaranteed to put people to sleep. Um, we actually want them to be awake and and making um, sentient comments uh, to us about the the ordinance. So um, that those are coming up. Um, and you will start seeing advertisements about those um, as we try to uh, to begin the, the, the final push toward adoption. Thank you, George. We'll be looking forward to that. And I think it would probably be worthwhile for commissioners to uh, find some time amongst those presentations to be in attendance, try to glean some feedback. So, George, get that information out to us, and we can hopefully adjust our schedules accordingly. Anything else, George? No, sir. Uh, commissioners, any comment or question at this point? Hearing none, we stand adjourned. Thank you.